0: Hi everybody, welcome to this week's episode, podcast, Dave Walsh podcast, Drums in the Shed, hope you're doing well, Um, it's been a funny time hasn't it, coming through this whole lockdown thing and coming out the other side of it, well appearing to be, Um, and looking forward to kind of gigging again and things like that, maybe that's going to be something that's going to be happening pretty soon. Seen a few bits of things going on um, a bit further afield than the UK, but also a few people getting together a little bit in the UK and doing some um, kind of informal gigs in open air situations and stuff. Um, but yeah, I was just, um, I like doing that thing on the practice pad. I like sometimes just playing for, you know, 15 or 20 minutes kind of trying to keep one theme going um, and the kind of one of the themes was this um, which is basically it's just like dun-da-dun, 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 dun-da-dun. it's like a, a swing time thing, it's probably a little sort of thing or six stroke in a different whatever, whichever way you want to think about that kind of sticking um, and then this little And so the the is is right hand led and then the then the is a is a right left left thing with an accent on the second left. And is, they're little warm up things that I like to play because they're kind of they're sort of part of the way I kind of connect to the instrument, the part of my sort of vocabulary, that kind of way of phrasing and stuff. So it's just they're kind of nice ways I find to warm up sometimes. And it's a bit more interesting than doing some of the warm, the other previous kind of warm up things that I've talked about, um, which are, uh, a lot of this kind of... Um, The flam accent thing uh, with the alternating flams which is more formal so it's kind of these two different ways of um of kind of warming up this this kind of informal and formal way of, <laughs> of warming up which sounds a bit contradictory but is you know kind of a way sometimes i think about playing and it kind of links to this week's topic you know um which is it's kind of like I see the theme of this podcast is like this continued sharing of what I call or think of as the lonely journey, you know. Uh, and I don't mean that in a kind of you know sad way. It's like lonely, I'm lonely. Ooh. Uh, I just mean that it's like, you know, people people listen to you play music. They don't care how you kind of got there, you know. Um, they only tend to care when they when they l- really like something about the way you do something, and they're also trying to learn the instrument, and they're kind of inquisitive about your process. You know, how did you get to that point? What did you practice? Who you influenced by? All these kind of questions—they're kind of omni questions, aren't they? You know, they're questions that I would ask somebody who I listened to and admired. I was like, how did you get that together? Who you've been listening to? Who you're inspired by? And they're questions that I'm asked all the time as as a as a teacher and, and also as a as a performer you know people come up to you and they quiz you you know maybe in a, a more informal setting they're trying to get you know they're trying to find something uh, about what you're doing just in a kind of informal way um and then other people yeah they want they want a more formal structured thing they want to come and study with you and uh, maybe uh look at the way you have learnt. They may be interested to come and you know study with you because of that. They may be interested to come and study with you because there's something about the way that they like the way you communicate, and you have a kind of a a track record. You know, if you have a track record of 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 people who've come through you that have ended up being you know considered well rounded, good players, etc., etc. You know, then people tend to sort of think, oh, that person seems to get good results. You know, Uh, and. Part of me part of me doesn't agree with that sentiment actually. Part of me I always say this is that I don't do the work, you know. I do my own work. <laughs> I don't do anybody else's work for them. They do the work. If if somebody comes to you and has has got the stuff about them, you know, and is inquisitive, uh, is hard working, uses their intelligence, um, you know, is a good listener. But it's also a little bit kind of pushy, a bit cocky, and has got like that kind of competitive side to them you know, in a healthy way. My experience is if they listen to the advice that you give them about, one, things that they need to get together and stuff that they want to get together and help them with that, both those processes, I've personally found extremely good results with that. And that's down to the work that they do. It's not down to the work that I do. I do my own work. And, but some people, you know, they want to come study with you because they want to know how you work. They want to know the things that you practice. This lonely journey thing they want you to share in that experience, you know. And part of this podcast and the information in this podcast from, from the stuff, you know, when I'm on my own just gibbering away like this uh, in, in, a, in a shed with a microphone is talking about that process is on an ongoing basis, you know, just sharing an ongoing process, you know, an ongoing kind of life process of where I am at this datum point, you know, and, um, and I've, I have to say, I've really found, uh, in a drumming sense, the last two or three months, um, in this situation. Sorry, just a quick drink there. I've got, um, the old Lidl Argus Imports Premium Lager, 4%. These little bottles, which um, my friend Richard Hammond describes them as like an eye bath. You kind of turn around and you go, oh, it's all gone. So you have to get another. Uh, anyway, that's that one finished. I'm sure there'll be another one opening anytime soon. But uh, yeah, I to say I found this kind of last couple of months during this lockdown period um well i'll share i'll share a kind of story um with you which is um not supposed to sort of draw any kind of attention to anything but it's just an interesting thing that uh, process that i went through many many years ago um i was i had to go into isolation um, when i was 31 because i was ill and i had to have um a type of stem cell transplant for uh, an illness I had at the time and this was quite a serious situation because it was the it was after a a mainline kind of treatment had failed so I I had to go and have this stem cell transplant which was a which was like the second you know the second sort of part of treatment if something didn't work you know so I got to you know quite a serious situation um as they say um and basically I was freaking out about um being stuck in a room for potentially quite a long time because you don't know with the, with the stem cell transplant thing I was over my own cells but so there's no issue with kind of rejection or anything there was just this thing of like when is your immune system going to recover Interestingly now, because um, this is nearly uh, nearly 20 years ago, 2001 was when I had my, it was in actually um, May, June 2001, was when I had my stem cell transplant, the, yeah, 2001, so it's nearly 20 years ago. Um, now, um, I've recently found out for, for all the things that were going on in my family, um, I found out that now they they send people home when they have these transplants straight away which is great because it takes away this huge amount of stress this sort of uncertainty of you know of um of how long i'm going to be stuck in this room for and it's a pretty small hospital room it's very nice and you know shower room and everything and the toilet and stuff separate and then you know there's constantly people coming in and things but i was freaking out about the thought of not being able to leave this room i'm I'm quite i'm quite a claustrophobic i used to be quite a claustrophobic person a lot better than i was um But that time was—I was pretty bad for the sort of claustrophobic thing. So, I sought out help, you know, which in the form of kind of talking to somebody, counselling, basically, um, for this kind of problem. Anyway, to cut a very long story short, which is very boring, I had no problems with that when I was in hospital. I found the whole kind of thing of it completely fine, and people said to me, "There you go, you would have been—you were fine," you know. And I said, "No, it wasn't because." I was just fine. It was because I actually, you know, seeked help in order to make sure that I made that experience as good as it could be. In relation to the known, you know, um, I mean, there's, you know, one of the unknowns obviously was you don't know when you were going to leave, but a lot of the other unknowns are obvious. You don't have to go into them all, but, uh, you know, the unknowns of whether or not you're you know, going to survive and whether or not you're going to be very ill and whether or not something horrendous is going to happen to you. All those things are things that you think about, but you're kind of like, well, you know, there's not a lot of choice here. You're going down an avenue. So, um, so it links back to me thinking about this time which I've been thinking a lot because it's been a you know the last couple of months have been for all of us um in all parts of society um have been a very it's been a very challenging time you know obviously and it's been a time of what i would consider personal reflection and personal development um and right at the beginning of this i remember i downloaded some it's just like a, a little thing that was about kind of anxiety and sort of dealing with ang- anxious situations and, or situations of, you know, fear and and of the unknown and stuff because I just was just feeling um, a little bit kind of uncertain, uh, which obviously everybody was feeling, but it's just that thing of like, you know, not sure which way things were going to go, you know, in relation to, you know, my own sort of personal health and things like that. And so I just sort of just... To put a little bit a couple of things in place and uh one of them i've already shared in in an earlier episode about trying to stay positive and if you want to go back and listen to that episode um hopefully there'll be don't there be anything in this it's really repeating what i said in that episode but there's also the thing i didn't share at that time was about this side of things about just you know having some strategies in place in case one becomes you know claustrophobic of a situation you know because you know claustrophobia is not just about oh i'm stuck inside a very small space and i can't get out of the space claustrophobia is also a frame of mind isn't it and as my, i think my mental health um as you know as in as definitely have improved in the last 20 years um i didn't think i had you know mental health problems before that but just the thing of of One is always trying to, uh, I'm always trying to, you know, just find uh, the most stress-free way through things and trying to, you know, stay in touch with kind of emotional intelligence and all that side of things. Um, Yeah, just kind of found that uh, it was, you know, it's good to sort of think about some strategies in that way in order to, you know, um, to be able to not, feel trapped you know within a situation so yeah so it's been kind of interesting in that respect and so it's kind of led down to a lot of sort of personal reflection time and that personal reflection for me always kind of links back uh, in some way either it's from the playing or it's from something else and feeds into the playing but it's all just this kind of you know it's very personal isn't it to us playing music and playing an instrument and it's something that's you know connects to everything that we do you know uh that's the way i see it it's something that we do it's something that it's like a, you know, it's like a calling you know i'm not comparing it to a religious thing because i'm not a religious person it's definitely a spiritual thing um which i i see as personally as a very different thing than religion you know the spiritual thing is um is what i think I'm, i connect to more so there's that kind of there's a sort of emotional mental and spiritual health which connects very much for me to music and if it, if it resonates with you then maybe it's something you've been thinking about as well and about you know how you're playing and all that kind of stuff uh links to all sorts of different things and you might want to go back and listen to another episode about sort of self-esteem and performance anxiety and things like that and about kind of you know head spaces that we get into when we're playing especially with new people or you know, if we're going through certain different times in our lives and how that can affect the way we play and the way we behave and around the people that we're playing with and what have you. Um, but anyway, that's not what this episode is about. This is this episode is more about... Um, I've been thinking a lot and been challenging my own view on this um, about like three things, essentially. There's um, There's what I call this you know being in the moment when you're well in everything actually trying to be present you know but in music you're trying to be in the moment you're trying to you're you're listening and your your nervous system is like Keith Jarrett always talks about you know this sort of thing of the nervous system is on full alert you know so you're sort of you know you're you're kind of aware and you're in the moment and is and this thing of focus and being able to concentrate and stay focused and all that stuff which is you know, which is hard. I, I, I've struggled with that. I found that difficult. Uh, my mind can wander, and you know, and uh, yeah, and just end up kind of. Um, it's not the the tangent thing because I go off on tangents. If anyone's listening to any of these episodes, or you know, every single story goes down a down a tangent uh, or down a rabbit hole, as um, me and Mister Henshaw were talking about last week. But just that thing of of sort of staying in the moment and staying focused on what's going on around you within the music. And then there's that thing of, uh, so within that, there's these, these other two elements that kind of contribute to it or connected to it. I see them as sort of three things, really. There's that thing of staying in control of your playing. And that's a really deep, tricky subject, you know, which I talk a lot about when I'm teaching um, to my students. And also about, um, I talk to my students about people that they're going to play with. And about how they communicate in a band setting about how they get the best out of the players that they're playing with, especially because like a lot of a lot of students that I teach, you know they're um, they're mainly between eighteen and twenty two mainly not all of them, but mainly the, the, I mean they're all graduate- student, uh, undergraduate students, sorry, and they're, they're you know mainly that age, but some are mature students, but they you know they they're they're in the same kind of learning space, shall we say, you know. <laughs> They'd <laughs> be in a different life space, but the learning space is the same. And their kind of experience of the of the players around them <clears throat> is um, is very similar, you know. It's a lot of new information that they're processing all the time and trying to sort of do something with, you know. You're you're learning to challenge the way you play your instrument, you're trying to push. The envelope of what you're playing, you're trying to raise your game, raise your headroom, all those kind of things, which we'll talk about in a bit. And so is everyone else around you, and you're playing with people like that. And sometimes you can get this dynamic where people are, are all coming into the music in their space, in their headspace, in this head specific headspace. There's all this new information really crammed in there. You know, it's like they're it's all full on. They're all practicing really hard. They're all taking on all this stuff. And they kind of bring in that thing to every situation they're playing in. And young players have to learn to be able to bring people together and then just to sort of bring everybody down to the ground and just get everybody grounded, get everybody feeling like they're starting from this music from the ground up, you know. And uh, they forget to basically practice things simply and slowly. The amount of times I've... I've been in rehearsals uh, with very, very good students who uh, are perfectly capable of, at the point of when I've come into this situation, of being able to play the music that they're talking about playing, and I'm listening to and going, why is this not together, you know? And I watch them rehearse, so I, sometimes I'll just sit and watch them rehearse, you know, I'll say nothing and watch and observe, and I'll let, I'll let you know, if it's my drum student, I'll let her uh, here or him run the... Uh, run situation you know she might be communicating this that and the other to the people around her you know and what i notice is that none of them ever really think together collectively together about thinking about practicing things like slowly or in a kind of um in a more sort of simplistic dynamic way you Know of just trying to play like the source material, uh, the bare bones of the material, like really simply. So, I remember this great, uh, great piano player that I know called Les Chisnell, and actually uh, a guitarist, uh, teaches at college as well, Yanis Pablivis, a uh, really nice, great guitarist who, who I have played a lot with in the past. Uh, the both these guys, I've done some classes with them at college, and they both have this thing about just like chord players just playing like. In any style of music, in, in, well, it's mainly in the sort of jazz, but any sort of style within jazz, where there's no rhythmical impetus needed with the chords, it's just to play things on the downbeat, you know, just be able to play each chord, like on the one, and if it's two chords about a one and the three, ding, 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 whatever it is, you know. Just the ability to be able to do that and just for like the drummer to just be able to play the the quintess- i call it like the quintessential beat of whatever it is, you know just be able to do that thing, and then for the horn player or the vocalist or whatever whoever's playing the melody to just play the melody almost like off the page, you know, just verbatim, very, very simple, and the amount of times that they can't do that, and nobody's asking anybody to do that, they're all bringing this kind of this energy it's amazing kind of energy but they're not knowing how to control this energy you know and so anyway so these like it's always i always kind of go like let's just hold on a minute can you play the tune no you can't really play the tune right you need to learn the tune right can you play the groove on this no you can't really play the groove on this so let's can you play the chords yeah you sort of yeah that's like a really you know you want to think about some simpler voicings there bass player can you actually play outline the harmony with you yeah, or do you know the line, if there's a bass line? Can you actually play that? Can you play it in the, in the rhythmical context of what it is or whatever, you know? And you, you realise that people are always, and, and I've done this a thousand times, you, you're you always at step two or five in the music in the first instance and not at step one, you know? And so there's all that kind of element about how is anybody ever going to be able to play in a controlled way when that's happening? <laughs> It's, i mean i just i just can't see it you know um just gonna add another um argus to the um to the situation here yeah how's anyone ever gonna play if you know in 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 the music if, if they're gonna actually need to just to be in control of what they're doing at any time you know and this is not a thing about, you know, control, there's this thing about controlling, you know, everyone being controlling, control freaks and all that. It's not really, that's not really what I'm talking about. In life, we meet control freaks, you know, uh, all the time, uh, in all sorts of different situations, you know. Uh, and I, it's, it's not really a phrase I like that. I don't like the control freak because, you, you, you know, you bring this kind of... Um, this dis this, this sort of descriptor into another descriptor, and you, it kind of creates a negative connotation. You know, people that people that um, come into situations and and say take control can be very positive people. You know, so uh, I I just I'm just always aware of somebody if if I feel that like they're just coming into a situation and they're taking control of it. You know, just sort of be aware of why that's happening and um, and just. You know, kind of accept it, and make sure that I am clear about what I'm doing, and be very clear and and thought forthright when I feel like I need to, you know, say what I need to say. You know, Um, but but extensively, you know, I I feel in the limited knowledge of of you know who I am and what I am so far in my life, I'm pretty much a team player. Really, my my kind of my default setting. It's not not my default setting when I get wound up or annoyed. But uh, as a sort of I, mean, I think I've talked about this again in, in the past in 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 that uh couple of other episodes, one about and uh, performance anxiety and about what happens when people push your wrong buttons, you know, and stuff like that it's kind of psychology stuff, but not to get too deep into that but basically, I'm a team teamy kind of person i you know i like I like to feel like I'm part of something um. And I also like to feel like people are okay, you know, around me. Is everyone okay? Does everyone know what they're doing, you know, and blah, 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 and stuff like that. So I think sometimes you know, people like myself can walk into situations where you've got some quite powerful people, uh, you know, personalities, I mean, people that are really, you know, taking you know, taking control for good or whatever, bad maybe bad reasons, whatever, but just doing what they've got to do. People are just doing what they're best, aren't they, a lot of the time, you know. And then... Uh, just being able to be aware of what's going on and then be able to kind of add in my, you know, as they say, two pennies worth. And sometimes it's just that thing of like, can anybody really play this music? You know, can anybody really, does anyone really know the source material, you know? And then there's the flip side of that, which is, this is the third part of this, um, thing that I'm sort of seeing. And it's, and it's connected to that thing about, again, about being present, about being in the moment, but really going for it, you know, uh, And it's often that thing of when you see somebody young and they've not, they just started playing music and they're just going for it. And there's something amazing about that thing, you know, absolutely amazing about that thing. And sometimes I think that musicians, and people in, in other other industries as well, but I can only talk about this from my own sort of experience of what I do, but can sort of forget about that thing because it's, you get into the sort of tasky, practicey nature of, you know, we've got to get this stuff together, I've got to be able to do this thing, got to be able to play this thing, got to be able to play this fast, got to be able to play this style, got to be able to play with these people got to be able to get this gear, got to be able to do all these things, got to get this record deal, got to get this whatever. Got to, yeah, it's all sorts of different things that can, you know, they're all part of the process of, of life and playing, and they're perfectly fine. But sometimes we just want to feel like that thing of when we first got into playing, you know, just like going for it, you know. And so I've been thinking a lot about this, the triangle of this and about that thing of, of when one needs to stay in control and when one goes for it, you know, and uh, the sort of balance between what that is, and what some of my thoughts have been. Um, and so there's some of this links to like how, what I'm thinking about when I'm practicing um because this has been probably the most focused time for a long time for me with practicing, as I was saying before about this, this thing of feeling, you know, like the anxiety levels in March, mid-March or whatever, when, you know, when like things like, you know, we stopped going to work, you know, I stopped going to college and, and, and then college closed, you know, and then they were talking about, you know, possibly not being open again until... Uh, the end of april and you know that's that's that ship sailed well and truly sailed and we're now looking at being open again um well maybe first of august actually to open the building and clean it but we're not going to be back in work until maybe september i don't know it's an unknown at the moment and it's not something that i have any real you know um knowledge about because because there's all sorts of things going on you know in wider society so we're just it's pure speculation but just that thing of of in march just trying to process all that and like whoa hold on a minute this is really like this is this is a serious vibe what's got a serious situation you know so um the practice thing because of sort of having i mean i i feel like i've I've had a reasonably positive attitude towards uh, this situation one is because I ain't got anything really to complain about let's be let's be fair here there are people in the world who've got far bigger stresses than I've got so it's not even I'm not even you know shouldn't even really be talking about it but you know you're in the situation you've got to get on with what you're doing And uh, and also it's you know I've still been at work and and uh, that's been a good focus because there's all kinds of stuff going on there anyway. But just just in the thing of being like I think a lot of this you know musicians feel like this at the moment. I'm not speaking for anybody else, but it's just quite it's it's quite an anxious time and uncertain time for people that are in the entertainment industry and musicians. You know, and it's like well yeah, Kelsaprise. Well, that's like a you know like wow you know. Sorry, there's a and it's an eBay notification. I've been, uh, not to go off on a bit of a sidetrack here, but a few of you may know, uh, I've been buying microphones recently, which has been a nice vibe, you know, because I'm trying to get my studio, uh, my shed studio, a little bit better set up. Uh, so I sort of improved my sound card. And I bought a couple of extra mics. And so I've got this thing where I've got... A couple of like eBay notification things on for a couple of just these microphones come up and it's like I wonder what they're going to sell for and if they don't sell for too much it's like kind of tempting to you know um, to sort of bid. But it's funny because obviously we're in what I would consider slightly uncertain financial times at the moment, and um, just just sort of observing things like you know the, the sort of microphone market, which is one thing I've been keeping my eye on and another market things seem to still be quite healthy you know in relation to sort of uh the price of things seems to still be you know roughly around where it should be so it's kind of uh it's kind of interesting whether that's going to stay i don't know but uh but anyway yeah back to this sort of thing of of yes yeah, sort, of, sort of staying kind of positive and focused with practice one of the one of the big things for me, this has been like a really focused time for me uh, for practice and um, and I've talked about this in previous episodes about this, having this kind of idea of, of sort of taking some time off gigging. Well, here we are, you know, we have no choice. So um, the, one of the things I decided to do was to, was to stay kind of positive, stay focused and spend some time every day. Not, not a huge amount of time, not long, you know, not hours and hours, but just um, a bit of time on the pad every day doing some um, specific things. I set up this bass drum practice pad thing, which I've got down here on the floor. It's just a pearl, like it's like a foam thing, the pedal attaches to it. And I have that set up and I've been doing, uh, i am sort of been living on that pedal really, which has been really good for me, because my feet are pretty useless. And I've definitely noticed uh, uh, an increase in, in sort of my, um, in my accuracy with my feet it's definitely something that's improved which is something I wanted to improve for a long time and I've never spent this much time uh, on my feet as I have done in the last two months which has been great and it kind of leads me back to and, and yeah, yeah sorry and then spending some time every day on the kit not not at weekends but um, I try and spare the neighbors a bit but sort of at the end of my working day sort of around sort of half past four half past five I tend to do a little bit of um get actually get on the kit and play for just like an hour or so um so i'll try and do some pad stuff early in the morning before kind of work and um sometimes i've been going out walking other times i've been just been doing the pad and then and then sort of later in the day um getting on the kit and then at night coming back to the pad and doing some more things with a metronome and stuff um and just being very specific about what i've been practicing um but a lot of it's been based around the ground up about from the feet up keeping really focused with how the feet are playing so i've been recording myself a lot really listening to the to the bass drum and about the accuracy and then i've been doing a lot of uh, recording and moving the microphone around and retuning the bass drum and then sort of and just been like really pushing like that part of my playing when i've been um recording and actually going you know do I really need to play that much in the bass drum and really being more kind of focused on what the bass drums actually doing and and so it's this kind of idea or this balance of of do you really um, put all your controlled energy shall we say into the time when you practice? And then, you know, follow the, the the thing that every great artist says and, and teacher and educator and wise person. You forget it all when you play, which of course you do. But there's one thing in that is it do you forget to stay in control, you know, or do you abandon the control as well? And and I've had lots of arguments on both sides of the fence. And and it's funny because in life I've moved through the, the two different opinions <laughs> and as i'm getting older i'm moving more towards you know maintaining the control as opposed to being just kind of you know out of control and just kind of going for it and just going for anything you know um and i think that maybe that's because of you know maturity i don't know maybe it's just because i'm getting older and slower and uh, just want an easier life. Maybe it's because of of judging professional situations. I was going to talk. I'll talk a little bit about the sort of recording thing professionally, not not in your own sort of recording, but how that kind of but the thing of when you're recording for other people and having those discussions about about what they're trying to get out of you in the music and what they need in the music, and about using uh, and calling on your sort of professional, what I would call. Um, you know, your sort of professional integrity or experience about, or about what you are hearing and what you would do in that moment, or whether you're pure what I'm mostly doing when I'm recording is I spend, I think, 90% of the time just trying to understand what the person I'm recording for is wanting me to do for them. You know, that's that's my. And it's and it's from that Steve Gad thing which I've talked about before. Of you know, I always go with whatever the producer is, unless I really really feel strongly about it. And I kind of agree with that sentiment. You know, I think there are very few situations where I really feel something is, you know, what I'm hearing is like much stronger than somebody else's vibe. It's very 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 infrequent that that happens. The thing that sometimes is hard in the studio that I find hard is when you when you can't quite get what somebody is wanting you to do, you know, and that's that's really challenging. And uh, and it's not a situation where you know they're, they're on the phone to somebody else and you've been effectively fired in the moment. That uh, they're they they're, they're really still communicating with you in a, in a really deep and enthusiastic way, and you're feeling like I can't quite find this thing. What is it? And there's you know, luckily you've got time. And uh, you know, sometimes having more time than uh, than you would normally have can create those kind of problems. Um, I found that less so as I've worked with better people. I think that people that really need you know know what they want will will spend the time getting what they want and and do no more than that. They won't won't labour the point. Um, a couple of people i've recorded with a lot they will if something's right it's just right you know if something isn't right it isn't right and it, it, it will take the time to have the discussion to have that kind of a space to find what is right but um but yeah i wasn't really going to talk about that but i mean I, it's kind of what it is really but it's just that thing of that's when you're calling upon this experience of well, your experience of playing but also your experience of how you practiced I feel much, much closer to that kind of headspace and and, and control when um, when I'm in the studio and I'm trying to really get something down and it's something that um, you know, needs kind of delivering. I really feel that that practice headspace come back. You know, a lot of the time, just that thing of being able to really you know, just be able to focus and deliver something that's, you know, and it's normally something where you're not not listening to a great deal else because there's not maybe not a lot else. You're not playing to a lot else. You might just be playing to a click track. You know, you might be just playing to a to a, re, a pre-recorded uh, MIDI track with some, you know, live percussion or live bass or something, and and so you're kind of, there's just all these different kind of headspaces that I, I always find myself in because of the nature of the different sorts of music that I play, you know. And, uh, and so it's like very, very different than that thing of being in, playing improvised music. Um, and, and, uh, and that can be free improvised music or, or, or kind of uh, jazz music, jazz music, which, is, which has got form, you know, or music that has no form but playing freely within both those settings, you know. And it's, it's a really interesting kind of... Uh, if they feel like the other ends of the scale for me uh, musically, you know, but somewhere in the middle of them is me and I feel like they feel like the same thing, you know, which is, which is really interesting. But um, I'm just going to pause momentarily because I'm going to check... What this microphone is going to sell for, because uh, it's um, it's looking quite interesting at the moment. But so I'll be back in a minute, just to once this is gone, it's got about a minute or two left. So I can feel myself getting a little bit distracted by its uh, by the auction. So yeah, we'll pick this up again in a minute. So there you go. Welcome back. Sorry, well not welcome back to you. Welcome back to me. Um, yeah, it's amazing. Second-hand mics, what do they go for. I was quite surprised at that. It's um, the market is strong, so there you go. Uh, I just look at, I always look at new prices, you know. So I just go on, you know, one of, the, one of those websites like Torman or something, and just look at because they they sell a lot of microphones, you know. And you just go, well, what can I buy a new one of these for, you know? And then you sort of look at the second-hand values, and people are paying. You know, on like say a microphone, that's seven hundred pounds, which is a you know would be a really good microphone uh, for the you know that kind of medium, pro level. You know, uh, like a C four and four or something like that, um, AKG. And people are playing, you know, within a hundred quid for a used one, which is not in sparkling condition. You know, I just think like i was looking i bought a 451 uh AKG 451 uh b uh hi hat mic and uh, i was looking at loads on ebay there was loads there's some older ones the e ones and then I think there's the eb and and the one i bought was the newer one the uh the b i think i get all the numbers all mixed up i don't really know a lot about them but i did quite a bit of research on on what and and you know the new one was the best one to buy for lots of different reasons one because the where the where the capsule and stuff are connected together um they use a different alloy uh the older ones they they were susceptible slightly to rust you know so they would start to just make a slight buzzy no- noise noise uh, that was very very hard to get rid of um when you when you're recording so anyway and then the other one is, is that it has the the pad on it and the roll off for 75 hertz and 150 i think can't remember it's got yeah yes on the mic i just have it set because i've got it on the hi-hats i have it set to minus 20 because i don't have a pad on the preamp And I have it on the, I have it rolled off at 150 hertz, you know, because I don't want it in that bottom end. And so, yeah, anyway, so I was looking at that and looking at second hand prices of those. And then I looked at the new price, which I found, and people were paying second hand within like, for a second hand microphone at that that kind of level, under 200 pounds. They're paying within like 10 quid for a second hand one, for a second hand microphone. You just think, I just buy a new one because you know it's got a guarantee and a warranty you know just you just know that no one's used it and chucked it around or you know or or just like hammered the crap out of it or something i just find it bizarre this kind of market at the moment Uh, so i was just looking at one on ebay then a c4 and 4 you know it's sold for quite a lot of money and it looked pretty shabby but it was down quite a low, quite a low value. You know, it's now it's kind of like just sold for this ridiculous amount of money. So it's a bit farcical really. Anyway, the world is very strange in that respect. But, um, if you've got, yeah, if you're, um, you've got some nice microphones that you're not using at the moment, it seems like a pretty healthy market to me. Um, maybe that's, you know, all musicians are all recording. Everyone's getting into recording because there's nothing else to do, you know, which is kind of (laughs) what I've been doing. Um, but my my kind of recording aspirations in relation to sort of tracking are pretty um, quality-wise are, are within definitely within the remits of, of, of the place I'm recording within, you know. Um, it's just that thing of like, I've got a a reasonably nice room because um, it's made of wood and it's got a carpeted sort of floor and uh, yeah, it sounds quite nice. And so... Uh, it's only ever going to sound one, as good as I'm playing, uh, which hopefully is all right. And as good as the room, you know, and like I, I was talking to somebody this evening about um, doing some recording with, you know, coming up. And, uh, I was talking about, I was talking, saying to him, sometimes I, I take the drums down to the house and then I, I like playing in the house cause I can play really loud in the house. Um, and I normally do it when my partners away. And, uh, yeah it's just it's just I can play a lot louder in the house because it's a bit more secluded and uh, uh, obviously more soundproof and we we live uh, luckily live sort of detached so um, but I don't like the sound of the room, <laughs> so whenever i'm if I'm ever recording anything, just making some videos for Instagram or you know doing some practice and recording, I listen back to it and I never like the sound of the drums because I just don't like the overhead sound. You know, as soon as I blend in the room, the overhead sound, I hear too much of the room. Whereas in here, my shed, I really like the overhead sound. It's a lovely, tight sound, you know. Um, but I, but my mics aren't great, so i have been looking at buying some other microphones as overheads because the um the value of the uh, value of the microphones i've got from when i bought them i bought mine secondhand because it was all i could afford at the time and uh and i got them for a really good price and they seem to have gone up quite a bit secondhand since then so the kind of thought thing is well if i could sort of stretch to some nicer overheads i could sell these and get some of my money back you know um because my my thing like with cymbals or with drums or anything whenever i'm gonna buy something there's always something to sell you know um there's always got to be something to sell because uh it's got to have there's got to be an attempt for me at sort of being cost neutral in those sort of situations you know because um, I waste so much money on other things in my life that, uh, yeah, definitely with the gear stuff, I try and make it cost neutral, you know. so um, But anyway, that's a massive um, sort of a deviation there. But it's quite an interesting thing just with that sort of – because it's linked to this thing anyway. I've been doing a lot of this kind of recording and then about this sort of psychology of when you're recording and about how you're concentrating when you record and stuff. and And that thing of – like i definitely feel i sorry i definitely notice when i'm recording when i lose kind of control of the ideas you know and uh because i've done like so much self-recording now in the last i'd say last three years i've really really got into self kind of recording and and analyzing my own playing and and the sort of brutality of that, and about how like it's just, ah, uh, it just drives you mad listening to things that, you know, that just don't feel like they're together or feel like they're out of control, or you know, just getting, just that thing of 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 not delivering your own vocabulary and all those kind of things, or just being consistent. Like for me, in the bass drum, rushing in the bass drum, and. And uh, going through, I've been through recently. Been through a period um, last, I'd say the last twelve months of of not being really technically on it. Um, and there's there's kind of personal reasons for that, which I don't want to go into. But there definitely that thing that was going on in my life, uh, like a year. Um, just under a year ago and for the year before that it had had quite a profound effect on my sort of technique you know on my fundamental kind of core technique because just being you know in a different headspace and and other stuff going on in a personal life and just feeling like I've got back now to to a reasonably good technical place which would say I would have been in um, three two, three years ago you know Uh, and the technical thing you know we always observe I think the the peaks and the troughs with the with the sort of technical thing when you're it's like that balancing act isn't it when you're playing a lot then there's there's just that thing of 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 judging or keeping kind of a pace of the love of playing you know making sure that you're you know you're giving it that hundred percent and then having a rest from it when you're not and trying to do all the things that just just trying to break up the time in between there's, if, when you when you when one's really busy with playing with music you know and then there's the thing of when you're not gigging a lot but you're practicing a lot you, you do get i mean I, I have this thing you know i lose match fitness as they call it um so i'm under no illusions at the moment for instance that gigging wise i'm definitely not match fit physically i don't feel it technically i feel pretty strong so it's kind of like these weird things it's but it's just for me just connecting those two worlds back together again it's just about being in the space you know if i'm in the practice room like I am at the moment i feel very connected to that practicing world and able to kind of focus in that way and and play in that way, and and play things I can't play, you know, and be be okay with that, and not be, you know, not be going, oh, you know. I mean, me and Elliot talked about that last week. He was saying, I think of, you know, when you when you play, you play something new, you it feels like you can't play, you know, and it's like I was saying to him, well, you you can't play it, can you? So you you effectively can't. You feel like you can't play the drums, you know. It's funny, yeah. Uh, which of course is ridiculous. It's just that you're trying to do something that you. And you haven't worked out yet, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's just that 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 those kind of having that balancing act all the time of, of 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 when you're kind of match fit, so to speak. And then is that thing of 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 the thing of being in control or, or understanding uh, where the points are where one can kind of go for it, you know. And what that really means. You know what does that really mean? Because it's a kind of people. I think people have different images of of what that is. I think it's it's harder to have a universal view of what that is than what staying in control is. I think that if you were to look at if someone was to say um, to to sort of talk about the thing of being in control when you're playing, that I think people could pretty much have a have a, a conversation and, and reach an understanding quite quickly about what someone was meaning by that and probably agree that yeah okay I, I see what you're saying yeah yeah that's that's the truth yeah okay let's yeah let's collectively think about um, learning this music or practicing this music or even you know playing this music in that way it's very much it's very much a kind of uh, a thing of like I talked about before of 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 Just asking people if they understand what they're really doing for a start, and being able to being able to play from that standpoint, you know. But if you if you were to you know put I think about you know four or five musicians I play with a lot, and we all sat down and had a discussion about what does it mean by going for it. I think that we'd all have different views on that, you know. And and I think that some of us would definitely view uh their ability to stay in control of what they're doing has still been able to connect to that thing of feeling like they're really going for it when they're playing you know and and i think some people they really don't believe that that is what <clears throat> that that is you know what that what that means what that means in the music you know it should be like an, you know, like like abandoning all control or you know playing with a kind of, just playing in a completely um, uncontrolled way, you know. Um, so it's kind of interesting that I think that that would always cause people to to have a different view, and so therefore, you know, from that, it's something that I think people rarely talk about. But I think that when people um and people when you play with people that you that you really like playing with one element is that when you feel like they're going for it that you're connecting with the way they're going for it and uh that's something that that I've been thinking a lot about in the last couple of months it's like been a real sort of thing of uh, remembering people that i've played with and been like oh yeah yeah, that's why that felt good you know they were like really going for it but there's something about the way they were doing what they were doing that was really within what i call um playing within their headroom you know which is something that um somebody mentioned to me a few years ago they were talking about about where they they make a judgment call. Um, I don't even know if it's a judgment call, but they there's like a when they're playing they're they're aware of their headroom, you know, in, in their playing and, and and so it's not getting into um if you're if you're pushing your headroom or you're 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 trying to play outside your headroom my, my my view is and i talk about this a lot when i'm teaching is that you're trying to sort of get outside of the the natural atmosphere or the 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 the, uh, the natural environment of what you have created and understand about yourself you know so you're going into you're going out of your environment you're going out of the uh you're the kind of atmosphere you're going into space you know into outer space so to speak and so you're going into an area where maybe you know you don't understand the systems or you can't breathe or you don't understand the information or you don't know which direction to go in or you know all i could go on and on or any of those you know sort of imagery or things, or you can think of whatever they are for yourself, you know, but it's basically all players that that I admire and, and in all genres of music, they really present what they do to the listener, the person that wants to hear their music. They present their environment to them, you know, this is my environment, this is where I know myself, this is where... I am at my best, you know, and when I think back about people that flavor, with they really go for it in inverted commas. They're definitely not getting outside that. They feel closer to that almost than when they're playing in what people could consider as a controlled way. I mean, that's, so that's my kind of view of it. You know, I don't know if that connects with anybody and it's kind of long rambly kind of explanation as to that point. But, that was the kind of profound this not discovery but just reflecting upon that a bit about kind of you know it's just thinking about what do i want out of music and what am i doing with my music and what am i doing with my playing and uh do i want to you know do i want to do want to learn new things or or do i want to get better at the things that i'm doing you know have i really nailed the things that i think that i can do and just all these things that we think about a lot but the 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 center of it is is of just you know making a decision and saying oh I'm gonna work on this for a while you know this feels good this feels like the right thing to work on and and then also thinking about the people that you're playing with and how you're playing with them and who who you've played with and, and who you've connected with and who you've maybe not connected with and one of those things is of like of why one might not have connected is because actually one has been approaching this element with the kind of wrong headspace, you know, and not understood how somebody else plays and gone, actually, if I'd approached this in this way, actually, maybe we would have connected. You know, my expectation was was this in the music or it was going to go, you know, in that direction or whatever. But actually, it ended up not feeling great you know for this that or the other reason you know whatever and actually when you kind of revisit maybe revisit playing with that person maybe five four ten whatever years later or six months later or whatever if you consider that maybe it was more about them understanding how they you know connect to how they go for it And you having a different expectation of that, maybe you you know you could have connected more with that person. I definitely feel like there's people I've played with um, who I could have connected more with, and because I've had the wrong attitude towards what that situation was, you know. And that's that's in lots of different musical situations, and for lots of different reasons, you know. And uh, I I think I've definitely learned a lot about myself and that in the last last five or six years um and then just that thing of listening back to yourself and going you know does does if i my perception of like really going for something or just didn't like playing something really well which one sounds more satisfying to listen to it's quite challenging there's no answer to that it's just i just say make that observation of yourself you know i've definitely felt like, I've got a clearer answer to that now than I've ever had in my life, you know. Um, but a lot of it's about this headroom thing and really understanding what is your headroom, you know, and connecting the headroom of what you're practising. So, you know, the idea of, um, of practising is that uh, one shouldn't practise things that one can already play. Now, that's that can be uh, quite confusing or it can be a flippant kind of thing, you know. But essentially, you know, one must be aware of whether they are really playing something correctly to make that judgment call, you know. And for instance, I've definitely not uh, made that judgment call uh, in the correct way sometimes so I've abandoned things that I think oh I'm not going to practice that anymore I can do that and actually haven't been able to do it uh, one is because maybe I didn't understand it fully and one is that I maybe didn't practice it uh, in all the ways it could have been practiced and that's just a thing where you go back and back and forth so well, sometimes you can feel like you're when you're practicing that you're going back to things that you thought you'd nail but actually it's been aware that you're bringing something new to that exercise you know oh i'm oh yeah yeah yeah. i'm doing this with that yeah 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 oh it's added this whole new dimension to it wow it's like a, another door's opened with this thing that i've known for 20 years or something you know uh, that's definitely happened for me um but but this but it's definitely a thing i really do think you shouldn't practice things that you really can play I mean you're not you're just playing then and that's fine but don't think you're practicing because you're not you're you're at the instrument and you're playing and that's perfectly fine but to tell yourself yeah I'm practicing really hard you ain't practicing really hard you're you're just playing and then if you're just playing along to records and having a bit of a play and that's great you know again that's not practicing it's just it's just playing along to records or having a bit of a vibe which is perfectly cool you know there's nothing wrong with that but it's when I've had students who said to me, "I did five hours practice yesterday, and I and it's a day where I was teaching, and I was on that corridor, and they were next door to me, uh, on and off all day, and I was, you know, I was hearing what they were doing through the wall or walking past the room when I was having a break or something, and watching them, and I would make, I, I don't know, and you know, like a call that, an opinion that they were practicing." Of all that time i heard them whenever i really heard them practicing for maybe about 40 minutes or something or an hour or, or 30 minutes or whatever just because of the way in which they were playing and then i may maybe see them the next day for a lesson they say yeah i did six hours practice yesterday and i was like "Oh, okay i was listening to you and i like, you really think you did six hours practice yeah yeah it was really really yeah don't what, what we actually doing with that time and then when you start breaking it down for them they realised that actually they were playing for six hours. Well, sorry, they were playing for four and a half hours or five hours or maybe, you know, maybe three hours and practising for three hours with breaks or whatever. But to say I was practising for six hours, you definitely weren't practising for six hours. You were at the instrument for six hours, which is totally cool. It's better It's better than not being at the instrument, I think. You know, it's nice to be able to get to the instrument. It's always good. Um, but, yeah, just pointing that out, you know, um and so that people are just aware of what it means to 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 go okay i'm i'm practicing now i come to the instrument to face something that's difficult you know and and so that thing when it links to headroom is is that i'm i'm fully aware i'm at the what i would consider the outer like um the outer regions of my territory or my environment when i'm when I'm doing that because what I'm doing is new or it's not something that's internalized you know um in in any way and and i i i believe there's sort three two or three levels of internalization for me i, you know, I think there's a kind of there's a literal internalization it's that thing of incompetent competence and all that blah 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 stuff, you know. It's, it definitely is that kind of. You get to the point where you know there's that unconscious competence, and that you're 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 able to just you know do things. You know, I don't need to explain that; it's obvious. So, um, but there's kind of like the thing the thing that you when you're practicing is timeline with that. So you know the headroom thing. It's I see it as um, it's kind of spherical, but it's also moving along um, horizontally. You know, it's going. It's it's a spherical thing in a timeline. So you've got this kind of environment which you're within, and as the timeline moves forward, things change in the environment in this in the sphere. You know. Uh, I see my headroom as a spherical thing. It's just, you know, you can see it anywhere you like. You can see it as a circle. You can see it as a, like a weird jaggedy shape. I don't mind it, you know. I mean, different styles, you know, you could definitely have that kind of view of, you know, if you're more of a funk drummer than you are a, a Latin drummer, then you've like, you've got a spiky thing with the funk. You've got a long line of experience and your, your kind of headroom is quite high with that. And the Latin thing is a very low headroom, is a very little. You know, knowledge or experience or competence or whatever, and so it's kind of having those views and understanding where you are with those with those specific things, and then there's you know there are players that it's like you know don't play certain styles. So I just you know my view of my own view of my plane and my own environment just excludes certain styles because one I don't listen to that music uh two i don't listen to that music probably because i don't really like the music or connect with the music and that's fine you know we'd have to like everything um three is i don't play those styles well you know Uh, and four is like i don't if someone asks me to do those kind of gigs I, i say no you know i say no there's somebody better for that kind of thing you know and um Hilariously, I feel like most music is—I feel like most music is like that for me. But you know, that's just a personal thing, uh, of personal development. But um, yeah, uh, but you definitely—I mean, you get typecast as a player for a start. But you also, uh, and sometimes you have to fight against that and say, well, actually, I am a—I ro- can play rock, you know, or um, I can play funk, you know, whatever. Some people might just see you as a, you know, as, as a funk drummer and you're actually a really good Latin player or a really good jazz player, you know. Um, but your kind of strength is funk and so therefore there's that kind of typecasting thing. So, you know, they have that view of your kind of competencies, but your your own um, headroom is actually, you know, has, has more dimensions to it than their view, um, which which is you know which is obviously a good thing you know in relation to what you can bring to that situation um but you know the more typecast we get then you know that people can can just think of you in, in quite a sort of a in quite a blinkered way you know so that's just the nature of the business that's what happens uh, there's lots of great players out there that people don't think of being able to play all these other kind of styles and they actually, they can and they're very strong with them, you know? So, um, so yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of where the headspace has been really in the last uh, two months. And, uh, and a lot of it for me is felt like it's come from the ground up from the feet, literally from the feet, from the bass drum, actually a lot of it. Um, and, just really stripping things back in a, in a, in a really kind of, uh, in quite a tough way really of, of going, you know, actually this isn't together. This really needs to be together. I need to get this, I need to get this part of my playing much more solid. I need to make sure that I play, you know, stay in control, stay in control of the ideas, stay in control of the delivery of the ideas, stay focused. Don't get sort of drawn into, some sort of crazy nonsense which is just all flailing around you know and uh and i think that that process of practicing and and sort of awareness uh it it really just helps it definitely helps me feel like in in any situation like i just have more of a connection to sort of my core kind of playing you know so um yeah, it's been a really interesting time. So I hope, you know, some of that may be interesting to you, some of that may resonate with you, some of that may be you know, completely contradictory. It's all just a personal story, isn't it? And it's, you know, it's only one part of quite a complex jigsaw of other things that are going on. It's not just the whole truth and that's it. Um, But I definitely feel like um it's good to, uh, in a very gentle way, be... be just be thinking about some of these different elements in your playing. Or if you're if you if you're just not happy about something in your playing is it's like really spend some time to work out why, you know. And and like, you know, maybe record yourself or, you know, play with some people or play along some records and just kind of like make a little diary of like when did I feel happy when I was playing? When did I feel like I was like doing something that felt like, you know, what I want to, how I want to connect to the music or how I want to connect to the instrument and rec- and always record it and then listen back. And then, you know, kind of almost A B the two like, you know, I felt great when I did this and it sounded like this. Oh, it sounded, you know, sounded better than I thought it would, or it didn't sound great or whatever, you know. Um, like, I used to have the thing of um, I would listen back to things, and quite often, not all the time, but quite often, they would be better than I remember. Um, but they'd always certainly be better than when I don't remember. So when I when I had at least you know a nice amount of emotional detachment time from a recording session i would come back and listen to oh it sounds pretty good actually because yeah, i don't remember how i felt and it kind of you know unless it was a really something I really i really didn't like in the environment at the time or something happened or whatever but generally you know and as i've got older and got better that has happened less and less i've been more and more accurate in my kind of perception of 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 actually how something sounds you know now one could say, oh, that's because you're, you know, maybe you're thinking about it too much, or you're thinking about it more, and therefore it's stifling the way you're playing, the creativity in the moment. And that's you know, that could there could be some truth in that. Or they're saying, oh, you're just more aware of of what you are doing and what you're trying to do, and your kind of expectation level is higher. And so therefore. You know, when you don't, you're not, you're not meeting your own expectation levels, then, you know, you're disappointed, and that's, you know, that's fine. Or they could think that you're um, just uh, being too hard on yourself all the time, you know, and being like self deprecating and all that kind of stuff, um, which can be, you know, that can be um, that kind of false. There's the there's, there's times when, it, sometimes it feels disingenuous or like false modesty with some people. I always think they're sort of, you know, they don't really feel that bad about something that they've done and uh, what they're going on about it being like, whatever, you know, but uh, like, I I think a lot of that comes from when you really under, like, I I feel like I understand more when I say, I don't like the way I've done something or it's not whatever. I feel like it's genuine and it's for these reasons and I'll be specific down to the minutiae you know this is exactly why this listen to that that's not what i wanted to play you know uh so therefore it wasn't what i you know expected and then therefore i'm not that happy about it and i'm gonna say it's you know it sucks or it's shit or whatever and then somebody will come back and say yeah it sounds shit let's do it again or they'll say well actually i like it for these reasons and then you have to go okay i accept it i'll let it go you know um and it's making that judgement call when something really really does suck and you can't live with it then you've got to say no I'm redoing that you know and and I do that sometimes in the studio very occasionally I will just say no just let's just go again that's definitely not the vibe you know and the thing in the studio as well is we are in control aren't we of you know if something's not going our way and we're playing and we're getting into a take and we know there's a bit of time And the self confidence is in a pretty good place. Then it's easy to fall off a take, isn't it? Just oh, sorry, I've just gone wrong. Ah, let's start again. You know, that's something that uh, I don't. I don't do that anymore. I used to do that a little bit, maybe twenty years ago, but I don't do that anymore because of because of technology now. I even when I'm at home recording, doing my own, just doing my own practice videos and and writing tunes and playing along things. I keep everything um because i just view it as like my personal practice well you know i just want to get through the piece of music and 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 get to the end of that thing and do these certain things i'm trying to do okay it went wrong there in the b section or whatever this link thing went wrong and i mess it up and i'm going to listen back to it it's going to sound crap or whatever but actually that doesn't matter because i'm going to, you know the rest of it has got all these important elements in it or whatever when you're in the studio recording with somebody the thing is that now we have the technology with computers and with editing it's like i mean logic i've been doing loads of learning loads about logic and really learn about editing properly and it's like amazing what you can do even with drums you know even when you've got cymbal wash and stuff what you can what you can uh, edit and splice together or whatever you know just just the, just those options so i i'll i'll always finish takes now anyway you know uh the time when you really know it's not going well is when they turn when they turn the recorder off In and you're like oh okay and that's that happens that's happened to me you know happens the last couple of times i recorded people stopped it and gone yes yes yeah should we just do that again it wasn't quite and you're like yeah, yeah 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 and you're glad because you know they're never going to use that take and you knew you know something was not but I, will, I, I just plow on, you know, even if I make a mistake I plow on and then, you know, just make just make a note to say, You did hear that, didn't you? You did, you heard that little mess up? Yeah, you heard that. Good, good. Yeah, it's clocked that That definitely isn't seen in the light of day, you know. <clears throat> but um yeah, anyway. So it's kind of it's an interesting it's an interesting headspace to be in. So um <clears throat> yeah, that's about it really for this week i just wanted to it was just like a catch-up obviously i've had a f- couple of interviews in the last few weeks and talking a bit about gear and bits and bobs of stuff but it was just more of a you know just like a bit of a catch-up really if, if this sort of time strange times trying to hopefully if you know any of these thoughts or sort of gibberings help anybody feel a bit more positive and Somewhere, people are feeling a little bit like, oh, this has been going on for a while now. When are we going to be playing music again? I think, you know, it's a uh, it's blink of an eye in the timeline, everybody. So it's just, yes, yeah, stay kind of focused, keep the faith, you know, keep the um, keep faith in yourself and the music and what we're doing and uh, the beautiful world of music and that, uh, like that social connection that thing that breaks all uh, all barriers in society the music is strong through all barriers in society well they don't exist in music that um, yeah keep the faith and um yeah and have a great week and uh, hope things are good with you i'm still trying to get a couple of uh, little interviews together um hopefully some news about those soon <clears throat> and what else is going on um just um yeah just very just very busy with work at the moment it's very full on which is uh, usual at this time of year just um towards the end of the the kind of academic cycle so to speak now just just this week is a big uh, big sort of uh, date and point for the year for a lot of our students our third year so that's going to be exciting to see the work they're handing in and then um things will through july will kind of um, come together and then august is hopefully going to be a slightly quieter time um but no kind of holidays or anything this year so yeah and, yeah, just waiting for the gigs to start again, really. My, you know, my my the joke at the moment, it's not a joke, it's terrible, but my next gig is in a year, and a year and three weeks. So, um, yeah, so that should be, looking forward to that. Um, hopefully you have got some stuff together by then. But, yeah, yeah, it's a July 2021 is my next confirmed gig, so... Um, so that's a bit of a tough one at the moment, but um, I have to say, you know, I am enjoying the time to practice and just, uh, yeah, trying to reach out to some people and look at, you know, try and reach out for some other opportunities to do things. Um, and, yeah, that's about it, really. It's, um, yeah, yeah. The other thing, big news for me this week, so is completely disconnected from drums. Is a bought. Ball- Another shed, um, which this is literally a garden shed, but I sort of designed it, and I've got the guy that built the summer house that I'm in now, the drum shed that I live in up here. Um, he's brilliant. He, uh, I designed the shed in the garden. I sort of, I was sort of, you know, space is of a premium, isn't it? So I, I'm always trying to utilise um, space, and like, and I saw this kind of opportunity, so I sort of designed. Uh, this shed garden shed our garden shed was falling to pieces it was rotted and um, it's at the bottom of a quarry and there's gets a lot of damp down there so um so a couple of little yeah he's done a couple of little clever design things and yeah i've got a new shed so i've kind of got this now this kind of other world that's opened up for me because i've wanted a workshop for ages um to do some uh, more electronic things and other bits and bobs and and also just um you know, doing some sort of tool stuff. So, um, I use my, I bought an angle grinder, f- for instance, recently I used it for the first time today, which was very exciting. Nearly took my eye out with some uh, <clears throat> sparks of metal, but that was fine. That's what we do. A bit of health and safety in the area there. But yeah, so that's, um, that's been, uh, that's going to be sort of an all consuming thing I can feel for the next few weeks. So I've got to kind of try and stay on task with the music as well, because, um it's easy to get obsessed with things isn't it and just to kind of end up oh yeah i haven't played the drums now for a month because i've been you know soldering my fingers together or something you know whatever <laughs> so anyway yeah so yeah they've got the new shed i've been waiting for that that was ordered before lockdown obviously nothing's happened and we've had a load of work done and our new driveway and stuff so we had a lot done on the house we're in the middle of this kind of a lot of things are uh, getting sort of done now. It's all just suddenly happened. So um, it's like full on, sort of like everything's been pretty chilled and quiet. And then suddenly, you know, uh, lockdown is kind of finishing, social distancing is changing, and then all these things are suddenly being able to get done, you know. And uh, and yeah, work's kind of accelerated hugely in the last two weeks. Um, and things are changing there massively, but so we're just looking at you know what's going to be going on over the next few weeks, but I've been trying to stay away from the news a bit, just trying to you know because um, things have felt a bit more normal and uh yeah, trying to stay away from the news and just trying to and that's definitely been helpful and it helps with the focus as well. Um, it feels almost surreal the 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 kind of news situation that was happening at the end of March compared to the new situation now it's happening at the end of June it's uh, it's almost like two different societies it's very very strange but uh, anyway I digress as ever so thank you for listening and um, have a great week and take care and uh, I'll be back again next Sunday so bye for now